What if I told you for $1, I would introduce you to many different entrepreneurs this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to many different entrepreneurs and I'll coach you for $1 this whole week. And I'll introduce you to my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you take part of that? Well, go to morningmindsetcoffee.com because that's exactly what we're doing here. It's the only organization that gathers entrepreneurs for the betterment of entrepreneurship every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We get together, we're growing, we're learning, we're leveling up, we're building on our network, we're building on our net worth, we're earning, we're reading. We got a book club. You'll see a bunch of entrepreneurs coming together, reading the same books every single day, growing together. You need that environment to grow. MorningMindsetCoffee.com. One dollar. I'm going to give you all of this for one dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $50 a month after that. But right now, we're still running a seasonal promotion where I think the price is somewhere around $25. So get it before the price changes again. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Welcome to the internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and high achievers so that together we can learn from their mistakes, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete, turned real estate investor, and entrepreneur, and I am on a mission to become a multimillionaire before 30 so that I can teach others how to do the same. Today, I have a guest who's been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. He started when he was a teen and he watched his father at the age of 40 go from having very little to building successful businesses in South America, Ecuador. Watching his father taught him teach himself English, travel the world, creating value in the marketplace, inspired this gentleman to continue down that path that was presented to him. Years of working inside his father's business has taught him work ethic, discipline, and the value of serving others. Now, he's created seven and eight-figure companies in e-commerce, marketing, nutrition, and real estate. His company, CS3 Investments, is currently working on acquiring and managing over a billion dollars worth of multifamily real estate, and his personal mission is to share and collaborate with other like-minded individuals the knowledge that he's contributed to and acquired over the years. So this man is built like an ox, and he has the heart of a saint, so it's my pleasure to welcome Carlos Salguero to the show. Hope I said your name right. Welcome, brother. Great job, Merlin. You said it right. And uh, good good description also, a little bit about my story. I am honored to be in your show. I'm always excited when young men like yourself organize spaces like this, because I know that one of the reasons you have this is for you to acquire knowledge and be able to achieve your goal. And there's no better way to win than to copy success. A lot of people think that you got to do it yourself, that you got to be independent, that you got to reinvent the wheel and create a new innovative idea. But the reality is that there's so much success around us. If we just learn to be humble, put our ego aside, uh, learn to submit to a mentor, we can copy success and win every day of the week. So congratulations for that. Honor to be on your show. And it's going to be fun. I'm excited. So, and I agree with you. Let's jump right into it, right? Because you have a pretty accomplished past. And I believe I read somewhere that you actually, you know, you started your entrepreneurial journey at a very young age and you founded 
the first ever mountain biking magazine in South America at 19 years old. At 19, most people are thinking about just like partying and hanging out. What was your mindset like at that age? You know, I've never been a party guy. I've had very few friends. I saw my friendships as uh, a two-way street where I, I needed to provide value to people. And I thought that I was meant to get value in return. So for some reason, never was into partying or drinking or, you know, going out with friends and doing all, all that stuff. It, it, it never attracted me. What attracted me was uh, new ideas, challenges, problems, opportunities, situations where I could learn something. So I focused a lot of my time growing up learning sports. Um, one of those sports was mountain biking. Uh, we, it was one of those random things. My dad was um, on a weekend reading the newspaper and he's like, Hey guys, would you like to go to a downhill mountain biking racing uh, event? And we're like, yeah, sure. Let's go dad. And he took us to watch these downhill races where, you know, folks in with a helmet and a nice bike will go down a hill uh, in Ecuador that is very mountainous and they will go like, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour. And it was, it was pretty thrilling. So I was like, I like to do that. And sure enough, a few weeks later, we had bikes and we had the gear and we started doing it. Right. And we started mountain biking. We, we found friends that would do the same. And then we started hanging out with a, with a crowd. And because my dad had a printing company, mm -hmm. one of those summers where we were off school, we were bored and we're like, Hey, we should do something with our time. And my brother and I decided to publish a mountain, mountain biking magazine that was literally no more than four pages, black and white, that had articles written by ourselves, pictures taken by ourselves. And what we did with that is we started going to people that were in the industry, in the sports industry, biking industry, and say, hey, would you like to advertise in our magazine and monetize the magazine? That's how the business started. Out of us doing the sport and out of us being bored and an idea that came about, and we started a magazine that it was self-funded in the beginning, but we knocked enough doors and we were young at the time. My brother was 17. I was 19, my first year in college. And we went to the largest sports distributor in the country, which is still in business now. It's called Marathon Sports. Those guys had something like 100 stores in the whole country that and sold everything that you can think of sports-wise. And uh, for some sort of a miracle, they received us in the office of the, of the vice president. He looked at our magazine, probably thought it was funny. And he said, boys, it's a great idea. Um, call me when you have published the second, the second edition. And we're like, sure. So we didn't take it as a no. We took it as a maybe. And that's maybe the difference maker. That because we didn't take it as, as a rejection, we said, man, there's a chance, right? There's a chance. This guy didn't say no. He said, call me back. He left the door open for us to call. So sure enough, we published the first one. We had maybe two sponsors, right? We were at a loss. And then we sent them by mail, the first edition published. And we also sent him a couple written testimonials from people that had done business with us. Hmm. And the phone rang. And it rang at our house because that was our office, right? And, and I answered the phone and he said, hey, can I speak to Carlos, the older brother? And I'm like, this is he. 
Um, and he's like, hey, guys, I want you to come into the office. I like your idea. And we went in and he bought one year paid up front of sponsorship in the back cover of the magazine and in the inside cover of the magazine. So that funded the whole year wow. of that business because we followed up, because we didn't give up. And because we were persistent enough. So that was the start of a journey that was three years long. Um, I went to college in the States shortly after the, the, the first year in business. And then my brother followed me a year after. And then my mom actually took over the operations of the business. And we sold it uh, three years into it to, uh, to a larger publishing group um, in Ecuador. So, you know, pretty, pretty successful business. So you actually exited this business as well. And... I think that's really important to note that from the very beginning, you essentially, you went big. You went and knocked on one of the biggest doors right away. And essentially, it sounds like, right, if I heard you correctly, it wasn't necessarily that they invested directly in the business, but it was more so the tenacity, right? Where most people would have said, oh, man, like this isn't a viable idea. You showed back up. And essentially, the investment was you, yourself, and your brother. 100%. And, and that's where people get it, get confused most of the time, because I can tell you, I'll, I'll show you here. I have, I have some paper. Our magazine was not better than this. Okay. <laughs> it, it, this was our first edition, right? Just printing and pictures, black and white. But oh. we had so much passion and energy and, and this idea was burning inside of us mm-hmm. that I believed he caught on to that. And he said, probably to himself, he never told us these kids are not going to fail at this. They're going to pursue this no matter what. And I have advertising budget. Might as well give it to somebody. And he, he cut us a check. So, so never, never take yourself out because you think you're just getting started, because you don't think you're ready, because you don't feel like you are completely 100% with every single information that you need. You just need to get started and be passionate about it. Someone is going to believe in you and is going to roll with you with your idea. I, I love that. I think that's amazing advice. And I like, I really want people to hear that and listen to the fact that if you don't give up, someone will, like you said, they're going to catch that fire. So you went from exiting uh, or you left the country, you came to the States and then you stepped into e-com, right? What was yeah. that transition like? Or yeah. was there something? So, in the- so before that, I, I took a break from business. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a break, but I took a somewhat of a break from business to attend college, right? Mm-hmm. I got my undergrad in business. I got my master's in engineering. And, and then I did what I thought I should do because it was the safe thing to do, try to get a job. So I went and got a job at Hewlett Packard. And when they were hiring or not hiring at the time, they were only taking in unpaid interns, right? And they needed engineers with experience. I didn't have experience. I was just graduated from college. So I knocked on their door. I said, hey, are you guys hiring engineers? They said, no, we're not hiring engineers without experience. Um, What else are you hiring? Oh, we're hiring engineering interns. I was like, cool. How much does that pay? Nothing. Like, oh, all right. When do I start? So I was willing to go unpaid for about nine months at Hewlett Packard wow. as a, as an intern, because I knew something. And I think this comes with you. You got to be confident of who you are. Right. 
if you are confident of who you are, what you can deliver, and you know that you can just deliver extra and in, in above average, you're always going to be in a great place. Because I thought, okay, this is, my, this is my chance to being in the door at one of the biggest corporations at that time, still is one of the biggest corporations. Uh, yeah, they're not paying me anything. So I'm going to have to hustle mm-hmm. after hours to make ends meet. But once I'm in there, I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best at what I was doing. And sure enough, nine months after that, they hired me on, uh, not as a, not as a, as a, as an entry-level engineer, they actually took my nine months of internship and almost equated that as two years of experience. And I was a junior engineer already making 90 grand a year after nine months. Wow. So I skipped the line. And that's what people need to understand too. Is like, you get to skip the line as long as you are not thinking short term. If you're thinking only short term, because I could have said, man, they're not paying me anything. That's, you know, that's offensive. That's, you know, uh, I have a degree. I have two degrees and, and blah, 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 blah. As like, man, I was like, I, I just need a chance. I just need an opportunity. I grabbed the opportunity, made a lot of friends in the process, made great relationships with my superiors. And sure enough, when the 2000 dot-com bubble burst and everything imploded, that was one of the first recessions, HP stopped hiring. And guess who was promoted? The guys inside. And I went, literally, my career there took just... Uh, upward trajectory like not, my, my salary never caught up to me i became wow. north america laser jet printing uh engineering manager over 100 engineers in my 20s making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year I, I never saw the check though because uh the way they do it at corporations is your salary catches up to you like a year after they give you the title right they want you to work first before before they pay you mm-hmm. and 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 that's what happens like because I built relationships. I work harder than anybody else in the job. And I was, I, I was just so hungry for, for that place. And I didn't care what everybody else did. I was focused on my chance, right? And that's what people need to learn is like, you got to focus on your opportunity. How are you going to take full advantage of this one opportunity you have in front of you? Don't, don't look at what other people are doing. Focus on what you can do to maximize. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that, Carlos, because I love this. And this is something that's been, you know, new to me. And this is something that Keston has been speaking about with me and you're speaking about as well, which is you entered into another organization, right? And your mindset wasn't, well, I'm giving up and I'm building their dream and not my own. You actually saw this as, hey, how can I work as hard as I can to build them? And at the same time, it's building me, it's building my character, it's building my confidence. You know, that's a, I think a lot of people struggle with going in to something that's already established to build themselves while building through building others. Yes. This is the bottom line. When people start working at a company Mm -hmm. or in a partnership or at a project, they're always thinking, what is in it for me? Right. It's, it's very selfish and it's one-sided. 
and it is that way because we think, oh man, Hewlett Packard Corporation, man, they're multi-billion dollar company. They have all the resources in the world. Um, I should only be here from nine to five, no more. If I stay to 505, they need to pay me five minutes of overtime. And you know, people just take themselves out and sabotage their life by becoming entitled that way. Instead, what happens if you have a complete 180 mind shift and you think, look, they're giving me a chance. How bright can I shine at this role so that people pay attention? And they have no choice but to pay attention to what I'm doing. Wow. That's a... and, if, and, if I, and if I give the best and I show up every single day at 110%, they're going to notice. And guess who's going to be shortlisted for the biggest opportunities? Now, are you going to get all the opportunities? Maybe not, but you're going to get opportunities. And that's really what it takes. It doesn't take for you to expect for them to feed you and give you stuff. Is like, how can I contribute, add value, do more? Mm -hmm. So that at the end of the day, they're thinking, you know, Carlos is not here to settle and to just get on the cart and ride with us. He's here to make a change. He's here to add value. He's here to lead. I have a saying in my life, man. My philosophy is leaders do not ask permission to lead. They just lead. They're at the front showing other people the way. And they don't need to ask anybody to do that. So very important. That's what I did at HP. I love that. And I can see how when you walk into a space, it would encourage others to lead. It would encourage others to grow. It would encourage others to adopt the same philosophy. So you stepped into HP, came in as an intern, came in literally making nothing, came in with the idea of let me serve, were promoted and rose through the ranks. And then at what point did you leave HP? What caused uh, you, know, you to exit HP? So great job, great benefits, good money. I was living the life, man, single. I bought my, my BMW M3, big mistake, right? <laughs> um, made, made some mistakes with my money. Guys, everybody does. Mm -hmm. Start making a lot of money in your 20s, you're bound to blow some of that, right? Now, I didn't party, I didn't drink, so I bought a fast car. And, um, and, and, and that was okay. But then, you know what? I think that bug of entrepreneurship was in me all along. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't try to quiet it down. So I was always, always curious, right? I was always curious to, to find the next opportunity. So along the way, an opportunity came about where I saw a lot of waste at Hewlett Packard. They were throwing away, away brand new toner cartridges that were mislabeled. And instead of reworking them or applying a new label or repackaging them, they were literally dumping them in the landfill. Wow. And I was like, man, that's crazy. These guys have so much money that they're throwing away brand new product. And that to me was ridiculous. So I was like, how can I find opportunity here? So I asked one of my superiors and I say, hey guys, do you mind if I buy this garbage that you guys are throwing away? And of course, I didn't say, do I buy this brand new toner cartridges that you guys are throwing away? <laughs> it's like, do I, can I buy the garbage? 
And they're like, why do you want it? It's like, you know, I, I just think I can do something with it. I can sell it maybe. And they're like, okay. So they let me buy it. I paid pennies on the dollar and I discovered eBay. <laughs> and I started posting them on eBay. So I was buying the four color set of toner cartridges for like $100 a set. They were selling on eBay for like $700 a pop. So that arbitrage was incredible. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I wish I could have bought infinite amounts, <laughs> but there was limited amounts. So I bought, sold, bought, sold. Within six months, I was doubling what they were paying me. Wow. And that kind of showed me the light. That success showed me the light. It's like, man, my time, my energy is better utilized building something of my own. Because think about it. I was working 10 hours a day at, at HP, showing up at 6, living at, at uh, 6 p.m., right? That's almost a 12-hour shift mm -hmm. because I was still working hard for them. And then at night, I was moonlighting on my eBay business, shipping my orders and doing all that. So I was like, okay, now I can imagine what I can do with five hours. I'm doing double what they're paying me. What can I do full time? So not until I doubled my, my one income, I decided to step away from the job. You know what? I, I think what you did right there is something that I want to highlight, which is a lot of people, as they enter into the space of entrepreneurship, they're coming from a place of having a job and they, they have this belief that if I leave my job, I can go do more. However, they haven't fully maximized what they were doing and willing to do in their current position. And they're ready to jump ship, but they yet haven't served their company or themselves in their current position as well as they could before jumping over to try to fully create something in the marketplace brand new on their own. And it sounds like you were in a position where you even seeing this double, you were still working hard. That's a long day, six to six. And then running the night shift, you're burning the candle. You're really burning the candle deep. And that takes a certain level of dedication. It takes hunger, right? And it takes that willingness to uh, do extra. And, and, and look, it's a muscle. At the end of the day, working hard, pushing further than most people, uh, endurance, focus, all that is a muscle that you have to exercise, practice. Practice, practice, practice. If, if anybody's watching this, I recorded a, a one-minute video with my daughter. It's on Instagram on my reels. Follow me at I am Carlos 10X. And I was asking my daughter, like, what did you learn from fishing? It was like, patience. That's what she told me, right? So you got to be patient. And to your point, Marlon, you got to be patient. It doesn't come in a month. It doesn't come in six months. Sometimes it takes a year, two years, three years, four years for you to be at a place where you look back and say, wow, now, now I'm in a, in a position to, to exit the one thing and go to the next one. But more than anything is the practice, right? That's the second thing she learned is like practice. The more I practice this, the better I become. Mm. And most folks are unwilling to put in the hours to practice something until they get proficient first, then they get good, then they get really good and then they get their masters at it, right? Most of us settle for good. We become good at it and we stop learning, right? We stop reading. We stop listening. We stop practicing. We think, okay, now I'm in a place where I'm comfortable. 
I'm somewhat confident, but then you don't gain the full confidence. I needed to get really good before I made the decision to leave a six-figure employment that was giving me a great life. And it was allowing me to store a lot of money for my later projects as well. Mm-hmm. So to your point, patience and practice, both of them come from just repeating the one action again and again. And look, eBay was something I had no idea about. In fact, most fo- folks in those days were saying, man, there's never going to last. There's a fad. The internet e-commerce is, is, is just you know, something that will fade away. People need to try their clothes on before they buy them. I mean, all of these objections that nowadays we think and we laugh, right? Because most of our stuff is done on e-commerce now. Yep. Back in those days, it was like, oh, you're selling what online? You're doing what online? They're like, are they paying you online? Man, the credit cards, man, I will, put, I will never put my credit card on a website. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young to remember, man. That's the thing. But but us folks, man, there were guys that were like, Carlos, I will never buy toners from you because I will never put my credit card on a website. Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, morningmindsetcoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? Morningmindsetcoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. You know, and you took risk, right? But I love what you said. And I really want to make sure that like this gets highlighted. You, even at a place of having success, right? You still said you had to build the confidence, Right, even to take that next step to go from one success to the next required a new level of confidence that had to be cultivated, that had to come through the patience, through the practice, through the persistence. Right, so you essentially eventually make this exit from HP, you step into the world of e commerce. What was the exit like with HP? Like when you left, were you jumping on the desk and saying, I quit? You know, what did the, the exit look like? Well, you know, I wanted to leave things in good terms. Mm-hmm. And I went into my boss's office and I said, I remember his name, Hormoz Gorbanian. I'll never forget his name. For some reason, some names get stuck and that one did. And I said, hey, Hormoz, I have to give you some bad news. And he's like, well, what happened? He's like, here's my two-week notice. I, I'd like to leave things in good terms. I'll train everybody, anybody that you need me to train. But... I got a side business that's paying me really well and I'm going to leave. And he's like, wow. And you're making as much money as here. He's like, yeah, I'm making, I'm making good money. <laughs> right. I, I didn't, I didn't want to kind of tell him how much exactly I was making great money. He's like, oh man, I know you're going to be back. And I'm like, okay, if I do though, I'll see you soon. So I, I, I didn't leave in bad terms. Right. I left in good terms. Um, in fact, later on, 
maybe six months later, he called and said, Hey, Carlos, are you sure? Uh, I want to hire you back. I can give you more money. And they're like, bro, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Flattering, right? Flattering that you, you want me back. But I was already on my way. I was already building my e-commerce business uh, from the house. I had then already moved back to Colorado from California. Um, I had already hired my mom as my first employee of my business. And things were well underway, right? But for those first five years, guys, don't think it was all glamorous. Right. I made a lot of mistakes. I made money, lost money. I was operating out of my mom's basement. I was renting her garage. I was renting a room in her house. I was uh, renting her basement. I was not freeloading. For the record, I was not freeloading. I was helping them with their expenses, uh, just like a regular tenant would. And in fact, when I needed a bigger space, I helped them buy a bigger house for them so that I could rent a bigger garage for my junk, right? So that kind of also set him on a good path because then I hired my father-in-law. He was my second employee. And um, in fact, they became my first mentees. My mom and my father-in-law learned the e-commerce business from me and went on to own their own e-commerce company that lasted seven years until my uh, father-in-law passed away. And at that point, my mom sold the business and called me and said, hey, son, can I work again with you? Hmm. And now works for me full time again as my director of fulfillment operations of one of my logistics companies. So, you know, it, it, uh, it's been an amazing story because I trained them. They went and built an amazing business that now turned into a, a real estate portfolio that will take care of my mom for the rest of her days. Right. Um, but even in her 70s, she's so healthy and alive and, and, and wants to be productive every day that she works really hard in, in my business every single day, running a team of 30 employees. So that kind of gives you an idea of, of how things went after I founded my e-commerce business. And I would say that's a testament of your character. That's a testament of your leadership. And I'm curious to know at what point, right? Because I mean, for myself, it's, I can see it from the outside. Right. Sometimes it can be challenging to observe ourselves and figure out who we are. At what point did you start to recognize, you know, what? I think I may be a leader. Right. I think I may be someone that's meant to do a little bit more. Was that something that you always knew or is that something that had to be discovered over time? Man, I, I think I always knew. I, I was the, that uh, that kid that didn't want to be in the back of the room. Um, in sports, man, I always wanted to be first in line. I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to win the bronze medal. I wanted the gold. I, I, I just, I wanted to achieve, right. I wanted to win. Uh, I, I'd say my obsession with winning was early on. And I think my parents fostered that, right. My, my, my dad always threw me in situations of risk of, of, uh, learning stuff that is new creating, creating uh, uh, ambiguity in my life, which I think most parents want to want to play it safe for their kids, want to create safety for their kids. And I think my dad did the opposite. My dad was always, Hey, do you want to try to learn how to do paragliding? I'm like, paragliding. That sounds good. My mom was terrified, (laughs) but he was like, sure, I'll pay for your classes. And I was in classes. That's that Saturday learning how to paraglide. 
hey, do you want to come with me to Germany to go visit one of my partners over there that I buy machinery from? And I was like, of course that, I'll come with you. And, and then he's like, oh, my, my partner owns a Ferrari collection. Why don't you jump on his Ferrari? And uh, his partner drove me on the Autobahn, which oh, wow. is the highway in Germany, no speed limit, at 250 miles per hour, right? I'm a 12-year-old kid. My parent, my dad trusts me to this crazy German, puts me in a Ferrari to drive on the Autobahn at 250 miles per hour. He wasn't with me in the car. Now, my mom never knew about this <laughs> until later. Otherwise, she would have never allowed it. So you see how he, he, he pushed me in situations mm -hmm. that it was like, was I nervous? Was I scared? Man, I was terrified probably. But it gave me that ability to face risk, to face the unknown, to get out of my comfort zone, to get uncomfortable and, and deal under pressure quickly. Those are the things that I think has served me well over the years. And uh, that's how business is. That's why us entrepreneurs love business because we can get in those ambiguous situations and find opportunity in the problems. I love that. Now, we both know that no man is an island, right? Especially when it comes to business, you can't do this alone. And this is a team sport, right? Collaboration is the new currency. Um, you know, I've seen you create community for collaboration. As you create community for collaboration, as you build out a team, what are things that you found are very important to look for? For someone that's, for people that are looking to build out a team or looking to be a part of a team, what have you found to be some valuable, uh, you know, that you've seen for putting together a team? Okay, I think number one, the vision. The vision has to be crystal clear mm. to your partners and your team. I think sometimes when we fail to create that team and collaboration and culture is because the vision is not clear to them of where we're going. For CS3 Investments, our vision is clear. We want to go acquire $1 billion of multifamily real estate in the next seven years. I, I talk about that every single day. I repeat it to my partners, the people that work with me, the, the folks that are aligned in this vision with me frequently because I cannot let them forget. And that's my role as a leader. The role as a leader is to remind others around you that are following what the vision is and then to give them the example of how to execute that vision because that vision is the pool. And if they subscribe to that vision wholeheartedly and they're all in, then the actions that they're going to take are going to be reflective of that. Now, not everybody is going to subscribe to the vision. Some people are going to say, you know what, this is too much for me or they have other priorities, or it doesn't fit in their stack of personal, professional, and financial priorities. So you have to also understand what's their drivers. Do they want to win like you want to win? Do they have some, some skills, some superpowers that we can collaborate at? I want a team that is better than me, smarter than me, that have some edge, and skill set that I don't have. That's another thing that's important. Never try to be the smartest person in the room. Surround yourselves with people that are smarter than you in certain areas so that now you complete the package that is going to require. And if you want to do something really big, understand this one thing. 
You cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. You need partners. You need a team. So, so let's highlight this, right? Because I want to make sure that people really like, especially because I know there's someone listening right now. They're having an aha moment, right? Where they're recognizing that the job of the leader is to create the vision and hold it clear to remind the team of the vision and essentially utilize the vision as the filtration device for the team members, right? If the team members don't fully subscribe to the visions, they're out. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no negotiation. That seems to be pretty black and white. Am I straight about that? You are hundred percent right. Amazing. If they're ho hum about it, it, it's just not for them. And you, and you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. there's, there's just 8 billion people in this world. Do you think you can get a handful to believe in the vision like you believe in the vision? And if you find those handful of people that are willing to put in the work and that are willing to go chase this dream for themselves, their family, and people they love, man, it's, you become unstoppable. And now I have a question for you, right? Because again, you said this is something that was built over time. So for yourself as a leader, right? You recognized you're a leader. However, things had to develop over time, right? What needed to develop within you from the beginning? Because leaders tend to be pretty confident individuals. They're confident in themselves. However, you grew. So what were things that you noticed that had to be grown inside of you in order to lead at the level you're currently leading? This is something very important. It is an inside job. Never forget that. You have to own the stuff that you develop within you. The success is inside you. Success is not something you go grab. Success is something that develops inside you over time. So the biggest realization for me is I always knew uh, from trying to grab information and learn and, and catch mentorship and all this stuff. And interestingly enough, one of the things that helped me the most in that arena was a multifamily, uh, not a multifamily, a multi-level marketing business. Hmm. Because one of the emphasis in the, in the business that I did early on in my 20s, which is the Amway business, was you got to read a book and you got to listen to tapes every day. So those were habits that became my second university. And that was the university of success. I didn't pursue the multi-level marketing business because I made so much more money in e-commerce. But I can tell you those lessons of personal development or growth helped me explode in e-commerce. And that's really what I had to realize over time. I had to work on myself every single day to continue to improve my skills, my mindset, Get rid of baggage because all of us have baggage, guys. Don't fool yourself. If you think you're perfect, man, I want to meet you, right? Get rid of the baggage. Get rid of the limitations. Get rid of the small thinking and start upgrading your thinking and be able to deal with your fears because if you can get past those fears, you start acting at a different level and you start doing things that now people are like looking at. It's like, oh, wow, man, this, this guy is, is a leader. This guy is, is bold. He's making decisions and they're impressed. And look, I, I have employees here in one of my businesses that have been with me for 10, 15 years. They have been very comfortable working with me and I have pushed them every single day to come along. But when I keep growing, some of them are happy with eight hours a day of work. So the stuff that you work on yourself, on your mindset, on your heart set, it is a daily 
routine, a daily habit, a daily obsession. And if you're obsessed with one thing, be obsessed about personal growth. That's going to help you succeed and win like nothing else will. I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree more with you. And as you get obsessed about your mindset, as you get obsessed about your personal development, your personal growth, are you finding yourself entering into new rooms? Are you finding yourself, did you have to put yourself in new rooms? 100% man. You got to find those rooms and you have to pay for those rooms. Mm. Very important. I have paid upwards of $100,000 to be at a room where I knew the average guy was making millions of dollars of revenue. So how do I go surround myself with multimillionaires? You have to pay for that. It doesn't happen by accident. You have to seek those opportunities. You have to travel to conferences. You have to go and meet new people. You have to be intentional about it. The, the folks are not going to come to you. The rooms are not going to come to you. You have to inject yourself in those rooms. Carlos, thank you for saying that because I've had a lot of people asking me, how have I been getting into different rooms? How I've been going around and traveling? And I told them straight up, guys, I pay. I pay to play. I pay for relationships. I pay for access to relationships. I pay for an opportunity to be at the table. And I think that's something that they're not, we're not taught in the middle class. I was raised in the middle class. We're not taught that in the middle class. You know, it's not something that's taught anywhere else. However, to your point, it's something that you have to do. You have to invest in yourself. Look, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. That's one of the lessons I missed from my dad. My dad actually traveled to conferences, went to big expos, networked with people, met people in other countries. But I was too young to catch that, that lesson. And by the time I was older, my dad was already retired. So uh, I guess that lesson wasn't passed on. Otherwise... If he would have said, hey, son, make sure that you're going to at least one conference, one meetup, one mastermind every quarter, man, I would be 10 times further wow. than right now. I didn't start going to these things until in the multi-level marketing business that I was at, mm -hmm. my, my sponsor one day said, man, you got to be at this event. You got to be at this event. You got to be at this event. And I did it because he told me I needed to be at that event. But those were the opportunities that I should have taken advantage on earlier on. So for those folks that are listening right now, put yourself in situations that force you to meet new successful people, mm -hmm. new people that are winning. You know who goes to the growth conferences? Folks that are hungry to win and winners. No better way to put yourself in situations of success than to get around folks like that. Keston knows that. You know that. Al watching me right now knows that. All of us know that. Because that's how we have met. And I can't tell you how successful that has been for me. I've, met, I've made eight figures from masterminds. I have met partners that I know will be with me for life at masterminds. I have made friendships I have gotten closer to billionaires at conferences and masterminds. There's no better way. Look, if, if you do one thing is stack your money and put some aside for personal development, but also to travel and pay to play and be in rooms with successful people. I love that. I couldn't agree more with you. 
So I want to be very respectful of your time. So I have two final questions that I like to ask near the end of every show. The first one you alluded to, which is you read, you enjoy reading, you picked up that as a habit. And I believe leaders are readers, right? So I've asked this of many people and I've heard a few books over and over. So I'm going to tell you these books because I don't want to hear them again. I'm being very selfish right now. I'm building out my own reading list, right? So we've heard Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich and Outwitting the Devil. So those books aside, can you name one to two books, no more than two, that have been total game changers for you, like absolute paradigm shifts. Your mind has never gone back to being the same since you've read them. 10X rule, hands down, right? That's, that's, the, that's the success the principle, book. right? Uh, be obsessed or be average. Those two books. And, and you know, I think to, to your point, the principles of success are very clear, like, you know, assets and liabilities and all that stuff. But that's all good and dandy until you yourself demand a higher version of yourself. Who are you really competing against? Nobody else but yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the business of beating your own records often, then you want to operate at a higher mental state and a higher physical state. So how do you do that? By reading the 10X rule. And by being obsessed about achievement, winning, success. That's why I love those books. I love that. I'm actually in the middle of rereading both of those books at the moment. So phenomenal, phenomenal advice on those books. So my final question for you here is, I want you to imagine, Carlos, that tomorrow you wake up and you are a blank slate, right? You do not remember anything. You don't remember the mountain biking, you don't remember the lessons from your father, you don't remember the lessons you've learned in HP, at ecom, you don't remember any of the experiences you've had. I'm talking totally, totally blank. Now, as you come to consciousness, you're not worried, you're not scared, it's not a Saw movie, anything like that. You know, you start to open your eyes and come to consciousness and a thought starts to come to you. And as this thought comes to you, for whatever reason, you fully accept it as truth. There's no questioning it. And this thought begins the foundation of everything else to come. What would you ideally like for this first thought to be? Oh, man, that's a good question. I I think the thought needs to be centered about what I want to do for my life and add value. Um, And I think, you know, even if I'm a blank slate, I think we all are meant for greatness. So there's something beyond our own memory in us, this divine inspiration that pushes us to go operate and succeed at a higher level. There's greatness in us that was given to us at birth, even before birth, right? At conception, I should say. And this is something that most people try to nullify. Either, either, by, either by other people in their lives or themselves for, for you know, when they have a couple of failures or something like that. So uh, if, if I'm a blank slate, I would just listen to that inner voice that is always telling you, man, you're, you're meant for greatness. You're worthy. You can do more. You should do more. Go out there and do more. 
I absolutely love that. Carlos, I got to say thank you for making time today. I know it's the middle of the day. It's the middle of the evening. For the people that have just listened to you and they're like, holy crap, this guy, Carlos, is phenomenal. It's amazing. And they want to get connected to you. How can they find you? Where should they go to follow you? I know you shouted out your Instagram earlier. Can you shout it out again? For sure. It's easy to find. Go to Instagram, find me with I am Carlos 10X. Most other social media platform will have exactly the same handle. My name is Carlos Alguero. And uh, I am Carlos 10X is the easiest way to find me. And I want to help you. I want to help you succeed. I want to inspire you. I want to show you the way. I lead by example. I want to be a person that leaves a mark in this world, leaves a legacy. Um, I think all of us have a responsibility. And that responsibility is that our last name doesn't die with us. Mm that is perpetuated not by the amount of money that we leave behind, but by the legacy of example that we leave behind. Are they going to talk about you when you're gone? Are they going to teach the stuff that you taught when you're gone? That's the true legacy. So that's what I'm all about. I want to leave a legacy to people of success, of wealth, of freedom, and uh, no better way to do that, then follow me on social media. Again, I am Carlos 10X. Thank you, Marilyn. Appreciate you, man. Carlos, I appreciate you. Everyone, make sure you go and give Carlos a follow. I met him in person. He is as real and as genuine, as authentic as you've seen here. So Carlos, seriously, I appreciate you for your time. I appreciate you for all the value that you put out into the space, the communities that you build. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thanks, brother. Okay, guys, so I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.